The Colorado Business Roundtable unapologetically tells the story that business is a force for good in our community, featuring conversations with thought leaders from academia, business, community, and government. Welcome to A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. Welcome to this edition of A Seat at the Table, featuring business leaders in Colorado. And we welcome thought leaders to discuss pressing, pertinent business issues of the day because our belief is that when business succeeds, people succeed, and Colorado succeeds. Today, we're welcoming Bill Sullivan, Colorado Market President and CEO of BOK Financial, and Marisa, SVP Treasury Services. And we're excited um, that they're going to bring a wealth of experience in the financial services industry to the table. And we're going to talk about opportunities and challenges that are happening today and what their advice might be um, in terms of engagement during tough economic times. So welcome, Bill and Marisa, to the conversation. Thank you, Debbie. Glad to have you here. I, for folks who don't know, um, Bill Sullivan has led BOK Financial's Colorado market as president and CEO for more than 10 years. And in this role, um, Bill works to strengthen the community by investing in our community's greatest needs or funneling capital into growing companies and the local economy. What I liked about your bio, Bill, just to jump in, is you're a former business owner yourself. So you more uniquely understand the challenges that we're facing when we talk to businesses here in Colorado. And that provides probably a really interesting perspective in your current role, I would guess. It was really a great opportunity for me, kind of the classic, you know, asked by a, asked by a client to kind of join them after banking them for about five years. And it was, you know, we were a $30 million in sales company. And, and with that size company, you get to wear a lot of different hats, you know, between kind of part-time CFO and helping with operations and being day-to-day and I, I thought that experience really was invaluable trying to help customers today having sat in their seat understanding what it's like to beat payroll and work with a bank on the other side of the fence and find ways to grow a company and, and meet the challenges I'm really proud of that experience that I had yeah it really does I started my first small business when I was 25 and that experience I think really lends itself to all the work we do in terms of engaging on behalf of business so really appreciate you being here and Marisa too we're going to be speaking with you a little bit interesting that you joined BOK Financial back in 2008 Feels like a long time ago. And of course, the financial markets were doing some odd things back in 2008, which I remember well, but excited to have a qu- couple questions just for you and your experience with more than 30 years of treasury experience from both regional and money center financial institutions. So interesting that you've got a career focusing on educating companies on emerging technologies and the benefits they deliver. So welcome, Marisa. I'm excited to hear about technology because, of course, that changes practically daily. Yes, it does. Thank you for having me. So let's start first big picture, Bill, back to you. What You know, there's a lot of different entities in the market. Tell us a little bit more about BOK Financial and, and how you um, are a part of Colorado's marketplace. Well, high level BOK Financial, we're roughly a $50 billion in asset regional financial services company. Importantly, we've been, you know, 2023 marks our 20th year here in the market. We've, we've operated under a couple different names. Colorado State Bank and Trust was a historical organization here in Colorado that BOK Financial had purchased back in 2003. 2018, we combined with CoBiz Financial, Colorado Business Bank, to really increase our footprint here in the state as well as Arizona. Uh, so BOK Financial really is, kind of, if you look at our footprint, it's really southwestern U.S. 
think Colorado is a really, really important market for us. And uh, again, 20 years in the market, and I've been here for 18 of those. So I've seen a lot of a lot of growth over the years. And, and um, we adopted the BOK Financial brand back in 19, and, and um, the brand of our holding company. We thought a we thought a unique brand to be able to bring to market and, and leverage. Really, kind of tells story of good size institution, but we certainly maintain a, a real customer service focused uh, platform where we've got local folks on the ground here answering the phone calls and, and local delivery really across all our lines of business that we offer. So a, a unique offering in the market and uh, hard to believe it's been 18 years, but really enjoying being part of this organization. Yeah, a lot's happened in 18 years. Just as I was introducing Marisa about the 2008 triggering, you know, such an interesting year, particularly for mortgage companies and lots of other investors. Um, Bill, the, we're certainly, you've seen a lot of challenges in 18 years, and I think more specifically about COVID, uh, you know, coming out of COVID, the economic turmoil there, you know, we talked to many of our partners, large employers about geopolitical threats, supply chain disruption, inflation, you know, it'll make your head spin. There's a lot of challenges. Um, what are you seeing? What are some of the common challenges you're seeing businesses face right now that are really top of mind for you? Well, there's certainly disruption in the banking industry occurring, um, you know, first and foremost right now. So I think um, a lot of companies are, are really evaluating their provider. Um, you know, and, and wondering whether there's going to be capital there and available to help them over the next years. And I think we're we're certainly seeing pockets of um, banks maybe pulling back a little bit in terms of you know their credit offering. I, I don't think I would call it widespread yet at this point, but you know clearly I think companies uh, are assuring that they they're going to continue to have access to capital. You know, um, for recession hit. You know, so I think a lot of a lot of them are uh, evaluating that. I think a lot of people just looking for kind of guidance on where this economy is is going, and you know there are a lot of opinions out there in terms of what that looks like, and we're seeing companies really look to us to uh, to help them understand what we're seeing in the economy, and and so that they can prepare their business. You know, a lot of focus on cost. It's pretty natural during you know kind of current recession to look at at their cost structure and if there are opportunities to make some changes there it could be a good good time to, to do that you know the tough question always is headcount and whether you make some changes by reducing headcount it, it may feel like the right decision in the short term to shed some costs but what continues to be a really tight labor market letting go of someone today doesn't guarantee you're going to be able to rehire them if, if we emerge out of you know, or we don't. Yeah, absolutely. Into it now. So I think a lot of a lot of companies kind of struggling with that, and you know, we're seeing a lot of companies that you know we talked a little bit about supply shortages. I mean, you know, they they kind of bulked up on inventory because they had to because the lead times were so high, and they see demand maybe falling off a little bit on their customer base and some higher inventory levels than they would ideally like to have. And how do you kind of how do you get those reduced, you know, and, and going into, uh, so throw some higher interest rates in there to, to boost. And, and there's a, there's a lot 
for business owners to be thinking about these days. I know, I know. There's so many challenges. It's almost like, you know, we don't want people to turn the podcast off because they're like, oh my gosh, you know, that's just so, uh, you know, there's so many things to be thinking about. And, and we just had a group of folks together at our offices talking about, you know, the, the theory of competitiveness. How do we make sure Colorado's ecosystem stays competitive so businesses can thrive? You know, predictability when you think about tax and regulatory systems, for example. So there's there's all these hurdles, I think, for businesses right now, whether it's policy or, like you said, other external factors in the banking environment. What, how would you turn that into practical tips for the businesses um, in terms of connecting with their clients intentionally right now during these challenging times? Hopefully during the good times, you've, you've, you've built good relationships, you know, and really built on, on trust, you know, so that you can you can reach out to them during these times and really have open conversations about what they're seeing, you know, I mean, a business is selling to someone else. I mean that that business probably has some end consumer, or you know, that is utilizing that that product and really trying to understand at the at the core level what what's happening on the street. And end customer is really really experiencing, you know. And I think having open conversations around what each other are seeing, you know, sharing what you're seeing in the market, maybe from uh, even their competitors, you know, and without naming names, but maybe you're seeing other other companies do in their space and what they're experiencing and pairing notes around that and maybe some best practices that you are you're seeing out there. You know, and, and you know, at times like this you've also got to be assessing the credit quality of your customer and yet, you know, we're all, they're all providing credit to their customers in the form of accounts receivable and, and you gotta have open candid candid conversations around that. Make sure that you're understanding any financial challenges that your customer is facing and you've got the ability to have open dialogue around what that might look like and got to work together to kind of solve for some issues there. Again, relationships built on trust so you can have open conversation. So I think uh, a lot to do and a lot of it just has to deal with picking up the phone and, and making the phone calls and, and, and talking about it. <laughs> I actually find it's funny. People don't pick up the phone much anymore. Have you noticed that? Sometimes yeah, I think no, I, oh, it's so old fashioned, but when I call somebody without actually having an appointment, it's like, huh, people don't know what to do, but they answer the phone and it's uh, kind of old school, but it works actually just talking to people. We talk a lot about that these days, you know, and, and kind of the new mantra around here is again, just pick up the phone again, you know, let's have conversations and, and it's uh novel concept. And I, I encourage that even with our own employees. You know, you, you kind of see a email chain, you know, heading downhill in a hurry. And, and um, I will sometimes pick up the phone myself and just say, why don't, why don't you all just pick up the phone and talk through this? Because the email exchange is not uh, not solving anything. So yeah, uh, absolutely. I think what's, what's old is new again, to some degree. But Marisa, I want to bring you into the conversation. What role do financial experts play in helping businesses navigate this economic uncertainty, what we've been talking about? And how would you say there are some key strategies or key strategies or best practices that they can provide? Yeah, I mean, building out what Bill said around, you know, building those relationships early on, um, maybe when times were good, I think it's important to lay the foundation that your financial expert or your financial partner is someone with whom you should be transparent. So just like you would 
tell a physician what's really wrong with you, you might want to share that information with your bank so that they can help guide you through challenging times. Uh, I say all that, and then the lens that I look at the world as a treasury portrait is cash management, and I think you stole my line because everything that's old is new again. And so I think back to 08 or I think back to the beginning of my career and, um, you know, clients are looking at liquidity services that we haven't used in 15 years for overnight sweeps. We're looking at remittance solutions that accelerate payments, um, but we look at them in new ways. Like how can you automate data? Like every day, I think that is the most important value a company can use is having transparency within their systems. Um, and then, you know, working capital solutions as well, whether you're looking for a line of credit or you're um, uh, using a corporate card to just um, pay your vendors on time, but get a little more float on your payments while protecting from fraud. I think that's all of it. And then I think also just having, um, we talk about bench strength, you know, leveraging all of your vendors and having strong, transparent relationships there so that maybe you have fewer supply chain issues um, or you are getting other guidance that maybe is a little more objective than in your own house. Yeah, well well said. I think about some of my own vendors that I don't have giant, you know, I'm not getting my services globally, but, you know, vendors that we've had really good relationships with, loyalty with for decades. And so, you know, that comes in handy when you're in a pinch. When you think about maintaining relationships, again, what's old is new again. It's not rocket science, building trust and maintaining relationships. So how how has it changed or how do you maintain that when there's additional economic uncertainty? Do you have any thoughts on that one? I do. Um, so it's something I learned at a training a long time ago, and it's called the two-a-day. And it's really just reaching out to two companies contact something every day because to your point of the telephone, you will hear something in someone's voice or you will hit them at a time that they might be less guarded. And so they can share what's really happening in their world. They can ask for help or they can tell you what you need to do better. So I think that's just one area where I think we can help um, or, you know, we all can do better with our customer and vendor relationships. And then also just knowing that someone's thinking of me, you know, you know, if your vendor calls you, you're like, gosh, I am important to them in this uh, challenging time. And I think that's still worth so much that we all want to do business with other people. Yeah, the human element, right? It can't be um, over overstated, the human it's element. not AI. <laughs> well, not yet. I think that there's a piece for that, but you're right. It's, it's you know, when you start talking to a, an organization where you can never seem to get a live person, you know, I don't know that that business has a good model, if that's the case, that, that you could never get a live person. So. Right. You're right. Can't complain. That's true. Well, uh, tell me more um, back to you, Bill. I'm really curious. You know, we talk a lot with Colorado Business Roundtable about the concept of profits and purpose going hand in hand. In fact, it's even one of our pillars, our community pillar of knowing that when we talk about business vitality and business strength here in Colorado, it's not about we're not supporting bricks and mortar. We're not supporting an entity that doesn't have a face. It really is supporting the people. You know, when we think about BOK Financial, it's the people that are involved, the people you support. And then even outside of all that good work of just providing jobs and opportunity and funding, you know, you all take the time as most businesses do to actually give back to the community in terms of resources and time and, and talent. Tell us more about how that concept is important to BOK and how you all give back to the community. I think you hit on two important things there, you know, and I, and I don't want to gloss over the employee portion of that, you know, because it, you know, 
at the end of each year, I just I, I look at our payroll numbers and kind of what we have, you know, paid to our employees and, you know, the, the tens of millions of dollars that we have paid to our employees to enable them to, you know, reach their dreams and then really do their own philanthropy, you know, and, and so we're doing it at the corporate level, but, you know, at the employee level as well and able to provide to hopefully help them again reach their dreams and for sure and i want to double down on that bill i feel like that businesses aren't given like to me that's something i express a lot when i'm out and about is you know frankly business owners you know whether it's a private or public business you know there's a lot of blood sweat and tears to sometimes just keeping a business going and so offering opportunity in the form of a job and and the dignity of work and for somebody to have that opportunity to to support themselves and their family i think is sometimes not touted enough you know it's really great to support what business can do and so again i i think philanthropy is kind of a silver lining and extra frosting on the cake but what you're doing to support the dreams and lives of actual people you know is, is something i talk about pretty much every day. So I, I I agree with you. I think it's something that people don't realize. You know, at the company level, it's really probably one of my favorite things that I get to do in this role is really work with our, our community partners to, you know, identify the ones that are doing great, great work out there. And, and it is such a core part of, of who we are and, and how we think. And, you know, we we encourage our employees to be on boards in an active role, including leadership roles, you know, commit time to, to work with nonprofits. We sponsor a number of kind of days with, with our key partners to be out there volunteering and, and helping and nothing more rewarding to us than seeing a bunch of red BOK financial, you know, t-shirts at, at an event out there actually uh, sponsoring that, you know, we've, we've got, um, couple of programs. I mean, at, at the core level, I get to help allocate where BOK Financial Foundation um, money goes in support of large um, sponsorships in the community and, or just, you know, general general assistance. And, you know, we, we don't have maybe as large a checkbook as maybe some of our larger editors. So what that, you know, requires is us to be much more targeted to you know, fewer organizations, but one that we think are doing really meaningful work in, in the community. And so we we really look for deep partnerships along there where we feel like we fully in tune with, with what they're trying to do and it's consistent with what is important. And we're, we know that the money that we're contributing is having a real positive and meaningful impact to those organizations. So we tend to have a lot of very long-standing deep partnerships across the community uh, again with those type of organizations which is really rewarding and we do a couple other things as well we've, we've got a really neat program here called guide to giving each year you know our employees will nominate nonprofits that they you know either are familiar with or on board with and we kind of essentially have a vote and uh, the winning employee gets a $10,000 check to give to their favorite nonprofit. So it gets to be a pretty cool competition in terms of employees nominating their favorite nonprofit and talking about it, and the passion that they have around it, and the work that they do, and fun to um, see other employees kind of step up and, and vote on what they think is, is 
their best. And it's really actually pretty emotional to kind of approach an employee and talk to them and say, your nonprofit is going to get $10,000 now through you. And for them to kind of go out with the classic big check and present it to their nonprofit is a really rewarding day to see. And I'm really proud of that program. And I know we've got a kind of a small employee, you know, foundation that used to be run by kind of me and other leaders in the organization and thought it'd be more impactful to have employees dictate kind of where this money goes and are smaller dollar amounts, but they, they meet once a quarter and look at foundation requests and kind of send, send money out based on that. And it's a real engagement tool for our own employees to have some power about where, where that goes and intel or insight into where that money goes and real meaningful for them and meaningful for them. A, lot, a lot of different touch points, but it's real core to who we are. And again, one of the funner parts of my job in terms of working with those partners. Yeah, that sounds really fun. And I like that you're amplifying the culture of giving within the organization. Uh, just re- do you remember what the last charity was that won the, won the check? Yeah, it was a veterans organization, you know, and, okay. and um, we, we tend to uh, think we've had a couple of different veterans organizations win the uh, last two years. And for all that those folks do for all of us and the sacrifices that they make, it's uh, pretty cool to be able to give back and say thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, great having you guys on. I want to shift gears. We always end with sort of a lightning round. So this is a little more impromptu. It's kind of fun to compile what thought leaders across our state think about, you know, just quick, quick topics. So I'm putting you a little bit on the spot, Bill, and I'm going to hit you first. But um, I want to know in the lightning round, what is your best power lunch spot or power happy hour spot that we need to know about an actual location? Well, we're located at 1600 Broadway, you know, think about kind of where the 16th Street Mall and Broadway and everything kind of comes together. Loma is probably my favorite little go-to spot. I'd recommend, you know, Mama's Green Chili Platter there, you know, with the uh, refried beans and, and rice along with the green chili. It, it can get a little um, a little intense on the spice side from time to time, so... So be prepared for that, but uh, certainly a lively uh, atmosphere over there, and, and it's a short walk from the bank. That sounds perfect. I like a good chili relleno at La Loma. So if we ever go to lunch, we'll have to we'll have to compete on which which uh, uh, lunch is better. But uh, Marisa, jumping in, the final question to you is: What is your best advice that you've received to get a seat at the table? Well, I'm the daughter of a small business owner um, who had been in international business. And so um, the great thing about dads with daughters is they make you feel like you can do anything and that you deserve to be anywhere as long as you work hard. So that was um, the advice. It was carry a pen, a watch and a pad of paper and work your tail off to have the right to be at the table. The other thing I think about, though, with that is um, when our daughter made a varsity team at a young age, she was all apprehensive. And and the, the coach said to her, you did the work. You deserve to be there and now act like it. And so I think acting like it after you've done the work is getting that seat at the table. Mm, I love that. I'm going to write that down, too. And that's like I need to get a pen, pad of paper and a pen. I think that's such good advice. So awesome. Well, great, great to be with you both. Um, it's it's wonderful to have BOK Financial as one of our partners with Colorado Business Roundtable. We all are in alignment that business is a force for good. And there's a great example with your own organization and what you provide here in Colorado, not only in terms of helping other businesses succeed, but of course, what you give back to the community as well. So thank you, Bill and Marisa, for joining me today. Thanks for the opportunity. 
And thanks to everybody else who's joined in. This has been A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown, and we'll see you next time. A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown is a production of the Colorado Business Roundtable. You can find this episode, a listing of our upcoming events, and more information about our organization at cobrt.com.